Hi, and welcome to episode 176 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Fresh off a 2-1 defeat away at Palace. Are you any better than that performance was, Casey? Uh, it's, I was about to say it's hard to be worse than that performance, but that was the Villa game. Um, yes, I am better than that performance. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I feel pretty much full of cold and like crap, but I, I was definitely, I'm still better than the second half, I reckon. Uh, so the alternate title, Jesse Marsh, has an almost telepathic relationship with some of his players that he's managed at former clubs. And he looks over to the wing and he sees Brendan Aronson and he goes, I know you can read my thoughts, boy. Meow, 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 meow. Took me a while to think of anything today that I could link. Yeah, this was a pretty poor result. And the second half in particular was awful. We were poor too. No points for predictions and both as bets lost. That's that out of the way. But it started quite well. Yeah, we actually got off to quite a nice start. Like we, we were harrying them. There was that um one of the hardest back passes I think I've ever seen back to Guaita from Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> You know, he's just looking good. Here, mate, have this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was on the floor. But um, yeah, they, they were a bit panicky those first 15, 20 minutes. And he thought, we, we might have a bit of success here. Yeah, I mean, it looked as if Palace came into the game quite confident and thought, we can play. Leeds aren't that good at pressing, even though it's what they do. Which I think they didn't underestimate that we're better at it than, than they thought. And they tried to play their way through, and they just couldn't. I mean, we, we pressed quite well from the front. They panicked all over the place, like you were saying. In the first, like, 35 minutes, I don't think they got Zaha, Eze, or Elise on the ball in space. Like, in open play at any point. And Guaita, I mean, the back pass one that you mentioned obviously wasn't his fault, but he, he had a few where he shit. He gave yeah, it straight he, to Harrison, didn't he, at one point? There was that moment where he just seemed to gently pass it out of the penalty area. And then he stood and watched it for a moment as Harrison's running onto it. And he just, even I, as a Leeds fan, was thinking, you need to get back in your goal here. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It was it was a very odd moment for him. Because it wasn't just, like, I genuinely don't know if he thought, well, I'll just pass this out of play. Or, like, I assume, was it Joe Ward that was there right back? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he thought, I'll give it to him. Oh, this is nowhere near him. I'll look at him and see what we do now. Yeah. Just... Yeah, so it was a really good start. Uh, no, early on, there weren't great chances. But then 10 minutes in, Brendan Allenson gets the ball on the right, goes on a really good run. He's clearly fouled, but does well to stay on his feet. Weaves in and out, beats a couple of players, cuts on his left foot. Great shot, far po- hits far post, comes out. And Pascal Strauch. He's obviously very much learning what this position is because he's in the exact right position. Comes out to him. Not a great strike, to be honest. Uh, and it nutmegs Joel Ward, who had, what, 12 yards to react, so should probably block it. Uh, it but, wasn't the most powerful strike. No, but it goes in. And, you know, that's a really solid start. I'd put on our Twitter that I was, I'd was i kill for, for a good start today. We need to start a game well, and we did. And like once that first 10 minutes went by, 
if all you saw were that 10 minutes and they said to you, what score do you think this game ended up? You probably would have said about 4-0 leads. Yeah, they just they couldn't get out of their own half. Um, we're giving the ball away quite often with their back to goal as well. So it's often passes that were forced back out wide or, or dropping them. Yeah. Um, and Leeds did really well, pressing quite high up, winning the ball in nice areas. And then, yeah, like you say, you know, this sort of all results in Brendan Aronson dancing past, in my head, about seven defenders at this point. Yeah. Um, and he's really unlucky not to score from that. Uh, the forgotten hero in all of this is, is Jack Harrison's desperate lunge to try and get on the rebound. But his legs seem to yeah. move about five seconds after the ball's gone past him. Jack Harrison also learned from Rodrigo last season. I think it was last season. Uh, when Oh, yeah, it was because it was against West Ham in the last minute. Where once he didn't get the rebound, instead of standing in the middle of the goal, he fucked off to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so that he couldn't be offside if it hit him. Yeah. Um and then yeah, like a, a very a very well judged pass by Pascal Strout to, to Joel Ward who uh completely gets his feet wrong. And yeah, gets nutmegged and with every passing week, Pascal Strout just becomes our full time left back. Well, he is. He shouldn't be, but he is. Uh there was, you know, you have to keep things chronological. So fourteenth minute. Uh, Tyler Adams is running through midfield and Chick DeCorey sort of stamps on his ankle from behind him, like Achilles' side, was it? There was some similarity to the tackle that saw Emerson Royale sent off against Arsenal the weekend before. DeCorey gets booked. Some thought it should have been a red. Do you think it should have been a red? Um, It's, it's very tough because the with that, he doesn't really break stride to do it. So, and I know this isn't strict speaking part of it, but it doesn't look like the intent is there. That yeah. being said, it's it studs up midway up his calf. Yeah, I I thought this one was a yellow. I don't think it. I think it was unfortunate the way he landed on him. Mm. I, I don't think, like Emerson Royale was. I think pissed off and just went in high for. No, whereas this, I think, was clumsy rather than malicious. So I was actually okay with it being a yellow card. But we'll come back to him. Uh, it's like seeing a yellow card on Match of the Day, isn't it? That, that one just... Yeah. We'll put a pin in that one. Don't think too much about it, but just remember that we showed you this foul. But yeah, I mean, there was... there was I, I did put on that Twitter, it's one that you've seen a red given for. And it, it is, but I, I think it was a yellow. Um, probably other than something we're going to come on to, other than the goals themselves and a certain decision, this, I think, may have been the key moment in the game. Leeds get another breakdown as they try and get through midfield, play a couple of quick passes. Tyler Adams puts Patrick Bamford through on goal. Just take it across onto your right foot and finish. And he stabs it outside of his left foot. Guaita, the only way that's going in is if Guaita makes a mistake and goes early. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a poor finish. And I aren't, slating him or anything he's just getting back to fitness and i think we're a much better team with him there than without him mm. i want him to start every game and if it takes him four games to get going it takes him four games to get going but it was one of them where you look at it and you'd you'd say you've got to score that in reality it's probably you've got to score that one out of two times like not what do you reckon 0.5 xg sort of chance <laughs> 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's receiving that central area, um, and and he makes that decision to to let it roll across him. And we all know Pat Bamford isn't the most confident with his right foot, and Bamford without much game time behind him. I I, I never looked at that and thought he's he's going to do anything else other than that. Now, that was the weird thing, because when he was in that really, like the first season in the Premier League, when he was in really good form, he finished well on his right. Mm. Like, he, he had the confidence. It was a very, yeah, the, the lack of confidence was visible in the way he finished that ball. I, I, I feel like once he's, once he's let it go that far, I, I kind of feel like he should probably be thinking about trying to round the keeper instead. If you... That was definitely an option. Um, like I say, if, if you're getting if you're getting it there, and the way he hits it, it's it's sort of it's sort of with the top of the big toe, isn't it? It's not quite outside of the foot, but it's like sort of very end of your big toe. And for where Guaita was, he just there wasn't the room there. To, to knock it past him, I, I don't think to mm. to or to get it under him by that point. So um, either I'll just chip him. Go yeah, go for glory. Always... Go for outright glory. Yeah, Joffy had tried to do that. Mm. Um, well, we'll so get that... on to Joffy's uh, yeah. last minute effort. That's like twenty minutes. Palace have offered. I've written in the notes basically nothing, but I think I could say literally nothing. Uh, and then ball comes through, no pressure. Liam Cooper's facing the touchline and for some reason turns inside and tries to beat a man. And he does it so obviously that even at my weight, I think I could have got to the ball before him because he just, like you were able to set off to win that ball before Cooper had set off because he made it so <laughs> obvious where he was going. I, uh, uh, I I was like once he screwed up, brings him down, free kick. I always I always like in uh, body movement like that to um, the first day of the season away at Southampton when we're losing like three nil. But Billy Paints has got one on one with a goalkeeper, and I've never seen someone <laughs> open their shoulders more. Just going, yeah. I'm it's going, going that to, way. It's that I'm way. going to curl it with the right <laughs> foot, just so you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like it is a weird one because obviously, if the free kick comes to nothing, you sort of forget about the error. But it's a, a Elise puts in a great ball, it's really top quality ball in, it's a really good header from Edward as well. And the marking isn't perfect, but I can see how you know a player gets in behind when the time they run well, it was you know half an inch away from being offside, which means you've timed it perfectly. It's good forward play. So you end up looking at it and just thinking, Leeds are under zero pressure and your centre-back makes a decision like that and it costs you a goal. Now, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't drop him or anything. I'd still have him in beside side Diego Juente, all of that stuff. But it's a really stupid decision to make and it's, especially when it's your captain, you just, you can't do things like that. It's it's the disappointment that as as we restart the game after that the graphic flashes up of Palace one shot 
one touch inside our penalty area, one goal. Yeah. Like in a situation like that where you've had all the game, you know, if there's like a pot shot from 25 yards and it just flies in the top corner mm. and you can go, oh, they've just got a goal out of nothing there. Well, you can't say a goal out of nothing from this because they've got a goal out of Leeds making a mistake. And yeah. It's just, it just, if, if we, I mean, we should have been two up at that point anyway, but even at one up, if you don't make that mistake, you're probably at the very least going in up at half time, the way the game went. And it just, the game did, the game turned on that and also tactically they made a change and we did nothing. But yeah, about 10 minutes later, it's amazing that foreshadowing of that other yellow card, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Leeds play a couple of passes into Mark Locker, flicks the ball to his left, and Dakove sort of jumps off his feet, comes back down, swings his foot through, gets nowhere near the ball, making mid shin contact with Locker with his studs up. Not studs up in like a diving in dangerous tackle way. Just you've followed through and you've caught him. Yeah. It's not an awful tackle. It's not something that, oh, is it yellow? But it is definitely a yellow card. Like it's not even debatable. And how the referee hasn't given him a second yellow is absolutely beyond me. I mean, I, not immediately, maybe like 90 seconds later, there was a breaking play. So I've looked through Twitter and I just searched the career. And all it was, to be fair to them, they're the most reasonable fans I've seen on social media so far. <clears throat> all it was was Palace fans going, how the hell have we got away with that? Like, no, they, everyone knew. And shock horror, at half-time, at full-time, and I didn't watch Match of the Day, but I'm like, I don't know if I mentioned it on that or not, but half-time and full-time of the game on Sky, they didn't mention it fucking once. No, it, it doesn't get a mention. <laughs> Obviously, the the first the first yellow card gets shown, mm. but the, the that challenge isn't. It's not yeah. even in the highlights, I don't believe. Um, and yeah, again, it's... It's it's the one thing I hate about watching Match of the Day. It's the one thing I hate about having to have these conversations is that we have to talk about these things every week, like the inconsistencies of it. Yeah, and the the problem with it is that it is getting to be every week. Like literally, in fact, I've just opened this to check. The last tweet to us was Joe Afferton saying it's every single game. Yeah, like, and it is getting like that. We. And we need to get this pissed off bit about this on because I'm actually because I'm more pissed off at Leeds for the second half than I am at the referee. But this did he gets sent off. I don't know if we go on to win the game or not. I don't know if we go on to get a point. Maybe we st- we played that bad in the second half that we might have lost anyway. But you, it's you... another decision that is a cl- it's it's clearly an incorrect decision, and it's another one that's fucked us. I mean, you you look at looking at their front five. I think most realistically, and he, and he did come off shortly after that. But Ayu comes off, Milivojevic probably takes his place, mm. and they go with a four-three-two. Yeah, you know, I reckon Zahar probably moves into into a more central area. Um, yeah. Like maybe leave Zahar and Edward up top, and yeah, to take off someone creative for holding players. Yeah. Um, but it's one, you know, it's one less, it's one less body for us to, to have to be worried about, and it's, you know, they, they are less of a threat for it. You know, we yeah, we spoke last time, like 
Ayu is is sometimes sometimes a four, sometimes an eight when he plays, but he he can cause trouble. And it, and if you take him off, or you know if you have a switch around and, and one of Elise or uh, Eze comes off, you know it's it's one less attacking threat then, and it and it does change the game. And realistically, they are going to be they are going to set themselves up more defensively, which probably relieves a bit of the pressure from us. Yeah, uh, and, especially, and especially from you know, if you look at the way they played, that it was short pass into midfield, drop it back, put ball in behind the fullbacks. Mm. You're probably not playing with that width now after he goes yeah. off, so that ball probably isn't on anymore. Not unless you're sending Tyreek Mitchell and Joel Ward bombing forward, which it doesn't sound likely. I mean, Zaha would probably peel off and, and still have, they'd still try and hit him, but you could have like Cock and Christensen sort of covering that. Yeah. And when it's two instead of one, you're probably okay. And I, it, we can't even say it's just a ref being lenient because, like, I mean, he booked Strauk for absolutely nothing. And it was just, it was infuriating. But just as infuriating was Leeds themselves, because like it was late in the first half, Patrick Vieira did what a competent manager does. He looked at the game, the cat we oh, the cat play through Leeds' press, so we start going over it, as you were saying, just and basically from the second they started doing that until Gellart's weak shot in like the 92nd minute, I don't think we had a shot. Yeah. We So basically what? If you include stoppage time, basically an hour. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very interested to see ultimately how many touches we had in their half, or certainly in their penalty area, because it was very few. You know, even by that point, Bamford's not getting getting much, um, and becomes clear he's he's probably not got the fitness levels for for the full ninety minutes yet. So um, he comes off. On sixty-two minutes. Yeah, uh, here's here's uh, one of the checks against Jesse Marsh for this. Text Bamford off, brings on Somerville. I like Somerville. I would have been fine with him getting a start here, but once you're an hour into the game, you've seen how it's going. Bamford isn't even playing that well, but he gives us a shape, and it it, it we are better with him there. Aronson has had a really good game on the right. So what do we do? We bring on someone to play on the right. We move Aronson inside so that he's less effective. We move Rodrigo up front and hit longish balls that are not going to suit him at all and try and go direct. So he becomes less effective. And look, we don't have a Bamford, like an understudy Bamford on the bench, which is what you need. You know, if I came off after an hour and we were, we're never going to get him now, but for example, Che Adams came on. You could just play the same way and it'd be fine. But I'm I keep looking at it and the way that they had got on top because this was you you were a quarter of an hour into the second half. They've already seen us not have a kick for 15 minutes. And them just getting the ball and coming over and getting we are not getting the ball forward anymore. If you want to play Rodrigo up front, take Bamford off, bring click on, drop him a bit deeper and have three men in midfield. And then maybe you can actually, maybe you can pass your way through. I know Jesse Marsh seems to not like us having the ball, but have the ball for a bit, pass it around. 
you've you had we had no control of the game at all. And if we could have just passed it about a bit, you might have taken the sting out of it and be able to get some confidence back into the players. I just think it was completely the long sum. Yeah, I, I I find with with Marsh, and I think and I think this is what probably one of the comparisons you can sort of make to how we played under Bielsa at times is that there doesn't seem to be, and I don't know if it's because the because of the players that are out there or, or if it's specific instructions that. The the at times in games there are times when you have to think. Look, I know I know we are meant to play a certain way, but we need two three minutes of just holding on to the ball, even if it's just knock it about in defense, make them run for a bit, and just move it around. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we have to slow things down to get ourselves back into it. And and the, there isn't any of that. There still seems we we play with this urgency that leads to at times sloppy passing or trying to do the same thing over and over again that yeah. clearly isn't working and, and and as instead of us not breaking the game up by time wasting but by just like you said like I said just keeping hold of the ball mm. and not even looking to try and particularly progress it quickly just make them run we keep the ball between our back line and our midfield make them chase it and then maybe, you know, play one down the line to run onto. Um, and we don't seem to to have that at times where, and again, I don't know if that's just down to, nope, this is how we play. We do not deviate from this or whether it's the, the players themselves don't want to deviate from that. But um, it, it's happened a few times where you're just watching this go, we're not getting a kick here. Yeah, like we we clearly need to do something to to stop this, and, and typically what we do to stop it is we'll foul someone. Yeah, which that bit in and of itself doesn't bother me too much, so long as you're clever with it and don't mm. pick up too many cards. But this was it was just the in possession stuff in this half was as bad as it's been all season. It was like we were just we got the ball and just went here, have it back. It which was... and we we talked about it last time as well. We. It wasn't obviously wasn't as bad, but that was the that was the game against Crystal Palace at the end of last season. Yeah, we never got on the ball. It was just it was just Palace on the ball, and I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's wave after wave, because in terms of Crystal Palace chances, like there weren't like you, I'd be hard. They had some, but not loads. Yeah, they they had some, but I don't think for the amount of the ball they had, I don't think they were creating. Like I felt like they probably should have created more in that second half than they actually did. So yeah, I think I think but, for the most part we we defended all right, but we just we just never got hold of it, and we never looked like you know outside of trying a long ball to Rodrigo that doesn't work. What else can we do? And there was just nothing. Yeah, uh, there was a lot that were like click comes on for Allenson, we concede immediately. But I don't think those two were connected, to be honest. It wasn't in that sort of position. Uh, they just put one down the line to Zaha, flicks it inside to Eze. Dummies Liam Cooper completely. It's a good finish from edge of box. It's a good goal. To be honest, it was always coming for the entire second half. Uh, the only shock, really, was that it took that long. Uh, yeah. 
And, you know, we've conceded that goal. It's not a great goal to concede. It's not as annoying as the first one. But that's 76 minutes. Right? We now have to go for it. We absolutely have to go for it. So eight minutes later, ailing for Christensen and gel out for Locker, which fair enough, that is an attacking change. But we actually got a message earlier from uh, Stephen Horseman. Uh, the substitution with Joffe was far too late. No one Hunter always said a substitute needs 20 minutes. It's no good bringing him on at 83. Now, I can't, I don't necessarily agree that they all need 20 minutes, but why he waited eight minutes after the goal? Yeah. Like, I, if you are, if you're playing well and you concede one out of nowhere, I can understand delaying it because no, we were actually doing all right there. So we maybe can just do it like this. But we've been playing badly for the entire half. Why he didn't make the sub, you know, within a minute of the goal going in, I have no idea. No, we we, we needed we needed something. Uh, like we say, Aronson had, was out of the game at this point. Rodrigo wasn't seeing anything. Um, uh, Somerville was was kind of being comfortably. Taken care of, and I, yeah, I don't like, remember. I, I saw remember a little Harrison video going around. Either. Like, I saw a little video going around. It was all of Somerville's involvements, and his actual involvements were pretty good. It's just that there was like four of them in the entire time he was on the pitch because he never got the ball. Mm. <laughs> uh, Which is partly him, partly the team. But like, it just it just did not work. And I really do think that you could argue in this game that. With every change that we made, we got worse. Yeah, it just... Because it's quite difficult to not have any of the ball or any threat when you're 2-1 down in the last 10 minutes of a Premier League game. Because Palace naturally did drop off, because every team does in that situation, unless you're Man City. Like, they dropped off and we still couldn't do anything with it. They just kept the ball. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't blame Palace at that point because because they'd spent no, it's so right long. No, thing to do. It was good play. Yeah, because they'd spent so long not being under any pressure. You know, I don't think they, they had any concerns that they were going to let us back into the game. Like, you know, that we weren't going to. You know, there wasn't going to be a, a bit of magic out of nowhere. Um, you know, as, as I look through, I. I so I found Somerville a strange, a strange choice to come on, not just because of the reshuffle, but I thought physically, I don't think he was entirely suited to it. Like he is a relatively small player playing against a fairly strong Crystal Palace team. Yeah, um, you know, so I kind of was watching from that point. Whereas I know we don't have that striker who would be. It's even particularly close to a like for like for Bamford, but either Nonto or Gelhart had yeah. to come on then to to keep someone up front with a bit of energy to to keep pressing when there was a chance. Hmm. Um, I, I said on the day, although he's a lot smaller and it's a different type of threat. When I looked at that bench, I thought Nonto was the person that should have come on. It isn't ideal. This isn't one of them where it's absolutely obvious what they should have done. I just think it's quite clear that what he did was the wrong thing to do. 
Yeah. It, yeah, it just it just seemed we weren't on the ball. And it wasn't the, the two the two things we, we should have been looking to do with the, with the first substitution are what is something that is gonna put get us going forward again, or what is something that's gonna stabilize us defensively? So even if we don't have a lot of the ball, we're gonna have an extra layer of protection there. Yeah. And, and that soap didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. It wasn't, you know. He's had a couple of these this season, where it isn't great. Uh, and I was gonna leave it till slightly later, but we may as well get straight into it because we we have had. Would you say this was the first time you could say we've legitimately had people calling for Marsh to be sacked? You know, you get the odd person on Twitter after every after any loss, mm. but this was the first one where there was people really, like sort of saying it out of something other than anger. Yeah. I'd... Well, I obviously, mean... question question one, I think this will be short. Should he be sacked? No. There we go. Well, I knew that bit would be short. But my I'm, I'm... question is, right, this is what I just looked at our fixtures before the World Cup. There's a group of three, which is Arsenal at home, Liverpool away and Spurs away. And then Leicester away, Fulham at home, Bournemouth at home. Hmm. If we were to get, say, five points from them six, lose the three that you'd probably expect to lose, and then we only, like, win one and draw two of the easier games, that puts us on 14 from 14 when we've had a relatively kind start to the season with fixtures. Yeah. If we went into the World Cup in that position... I could see the club doing something. As, as, I, as I'm looking through here, again, just looking at those fixtures, if I, I would say if you come away with seven points, and I know that I know it's not a big difference, but I feel like if you come away with, just for argument's sake, beat Leicester beat Fulham and, and a point against Bournemouth. I'd, I'd be fine with that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, that that's why I've split the fixtures the way I did rather than chronologically, because I think those top three, if we lose all three of them, I am particularly worried. Yeah. Oh, you, you get out of them three is a bonus. But I think that you have to win two. I, I, Basically, yeah. I think you've you've sort of got to beat Fulham and Bournemouth at home. Yeah. I, I like, my 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 worry is with the the other three games, and, and this was what annoyed me a little bit last season about people, especially that Christmas period last year when we when we had that awful run, as opposed to the awful run the rest of the season. Yeah, um, was it like, yeah, we we at that point were never going to compete with Man City, but we shouldn't have been losing seven nil, mm. like. And even the, the tougher games under Marsh at the back end of the season, like we didn't make it a difficult game for Man City at Ellen Road either. They, they yeah. scored it about the fifth minute or something like that. You yeah. know, you're there obviously, going like, Look. obviously we beat them this season, but when we played Chelsea at Ellen Road back end of last season, we were 1 0 down in four minutes. Yeah, Arsenal, 
away last yeah. season. We went one nil down in about the first six minutes again. We went two nil down in about the first ten. Yeah, and then down and, ten and, men. And two, yeah, two of those we had daft red cards as well. So from those, it's a case of of putting on basically putting on a brave performance. And if you come away and you've lost two nil to this really good Arsenal team, you know what? Fair enough. And I don't think we'll even lay much of a glove on them going forward. But you've then got to show that you have some sort of defensive grit about you. Mm. Um, and that that is the bit I worry about. And, I, and I, that's not a knock at, at Cooper, Cop, Christensen, Strauch. Uh, Diego Llorente's a different case. Um, uh, I, should, we sh- I should mention before I forget, because that I think was the one positive from the Palace game. I thought Christensen was much better. Yeah, I think it is worth mentioning that because there weren't much to take out of it. So we should probably take the one thing we can. Yeah, I thought he he did well given he was up against Zahar. Obviously gave away a couple of free kicks and got booked for a challenge on him. Mm -hmm. But as is likely to happen when you're up against him, he's he's a very good, if not whingy, footballer. Yeah. but you know you wouldn't you you wouldn't come out of there saying Wilfred Zaha's had a a good like a great game. I thought it was good, but you know I thought I thought we dealt with him reasonably. Yeah, um, I mean in the in the first half, well the first half hour for certain, he didn't really do anything. Like we managed him perfectly, but it just it just got worse as it went on. Um, so yeah. I think if it, if this six games goes badly, this conversation could change quite a lot. And a thing that could put a bit of pressure on him, if Lopetegui gets the Wolves job, which looks likely, if they suddenly pick up, the idea of a change becomes more attractive just because someone else did and it worked. Which yeah. is a stupid way to think, but that is how football works. I still think when I look at Marsh... There is a thing, they they said they want him to follow on from Bielsa and that they're very similar. And they're not, except for in one thing, and that's that they both appear to only know how to play one way. And the, but the difference is, like, if we were losing a game under Bielsa, and yeah, I know a Leeds fan banging on about Bielsa, I know it's annoying. I'm annoyed at myself for doing it, but it's just true. If you were behind in a game, the games were 3 and 4 nil down, and you thought, yeah, but we'll, we might get back into this. When we go behind in a game, I I think Marsh's biggest weakness is that I don't really think he knows how to change a game that's going against us. If it's going middle to well, I think he's fine, naturally good at times. Like that Wolves game, it was going fine. He brought click on and it really improved things. You know, but when it's actively going against us, I just don't think he knows how to change it. Yeah, I'm just... Having a look, where are we? So where we are eight games in. Eight. We've got, so we've got this, nine, haven't we? Yeah, this time last season we had six. Yeah. So and I think to be honest, I will say I believe that in the, the first season where we finished ninth, I think after eight games we only had about ten. Yeah. We had a really good start and then lost a few. Um <laughs> It's. I think the, the alarming thing has has been not so much the points. It's that we picked up points early on, and have now gone on a poor run 
during some some games where we should have got more. In term, just in terms of who we were playing against, anyway, not necessarily the performance. Yeah, I mean, whoever played pa- like Palace, Villa, Everton, like you can't not win any of them, really. You should win one of them, you'd think. Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, given how the game went, it it was a good point we got from Villa. Mm. Everton, we should have got more from that game. Brentford was, well, it was a disaster, wasn't it, really? Yeah, that was just, I mean, we weren't good and there was worse things to come out of it. Um, um yeah, so. we have had one one other question from uh, Dan Backley by the way that just says in the team, what players have you been happy with and which ones do you think really need to pick up? Uh I think it's it's odd that I'm that I'm this annoyed at the team and stuff, but I'm not actually I don't think there have been many of them that have been like really crap. No, I, th- I think some of the frustrations have been like Jack Harrison started the season really well and then his performances dropped very quickly. As again, a bit Jack, it's very Jack Harrison esque. Yeah. Um, you know, Christensen looks like he is adapting week on week. Yeah. If he wasn't in his first season, if he was having the exact same season, it was his second season, he would be one of my really disappointed. But it's a bit too soon to say. Furpo hasn't played, really. Oh, by the way, Furpo's injured again. Sign a fucking left back. Uh, Nah, mate. Adam Forshaw. I think in terms of... I think... I would say our most consistent player has probably been Tyler Adams. Uh, yeah, I, there's still games where I'm not mad keen on what Adams does on the ball, but overall he's been pretty good. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I think Rocker has a level above what he's playing at, and I don't think Rocker's been bad at all. In fact, I think he's been quite good. But when I watch him play, I think there's another level above this that he can get to. Mm. So I'd quite like to see that. Obviously, Juventus pissed me off some at bottom, but they've dropped him since, so I'm not as worried about that. Uh, probably, if I was picking out one that I'm most pleased with, it'd be Strauch. Yeah. Because he, he's playing he's... out of position, and you'd never know. Yeah, he, he's adapted very well to playing left-back. And for... I think when you look at him, you don't really realise how athletic he actually is. Yeah. Um. And I think he do, he does really well in terms. I think he covers a lot of ground, and is is making better and better decisions the more time he spends playing there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. In in short, we don't. There's people want him sacked now. That's no, drop soon. them all. Get Eddie Gray and play the kids. Yeah. There's an argument for playing some of those kids. I, like, I, I, I saw. I did speak, see. We, we may as well because I've got it on the notes. Uh, last night. You couldn't watch it live because of us stupid broadcasting rules. But Sunderland under 21's nil, Leeds under 21's won. By the sounds of it and from the match reports and stuff, really tough game. Sunderland picked a really strong team. I was saying to KC when I saw him before, how mental is it that a newly promoted championship side 
their under-21s team had a player that went for like 40 million quid starting. Because like, Ahmad Diallo started for some under-21s. And ours is even more stacks up front. We're playing an Italian international. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, it was a tough game. I was saying that Sunderland played pretty well. Klassen had a good game. But Leeds played well throughout, got a 1-0 win. Uh, Willie Nonto with his first goal in the Leeds shirt. After some really good work from Harvey Sutcliffe getting forward from left back. You know, also, he's a right back. So, I'm saying a lot. They, you know, he did it did really well. Good to see him get a goal. Really good win for him. I think that's like six on spin or something. The interesting one, just to add on at the end, is that Harvey Sutcliffe had to go off late on. He was replaced at left back by Charlie Allen, who's like an attacking centre mid who has sometimes played up front. So sign a fucking left back, please. Uh, yeah, sorry for yeah. Alfie McAlmon in this because they, they tried him, didn't they? Try him at left back. Was it the first? He played game of okay. The he scored uh, as well. He played. He played quite well. Um, no, cl- clearly, has has been deemed not the answer. Yeah, but our front six was the same front six as against Tranmere. Uh, Greenwood and JB in midfield, and then Nonto, Gelhart, Perkins, and. But which one and uh, Matteo Joseph? Because I said them out of order, I forgot which ones I'd said then. See, uh, see my, my biggest concern is that I have seen at least a couple of people saying that uh, Matteo Joseph and Perkins need to be starting for us. Yeah, and, and I and I like them. They're doing very good things at the moment. Then but... they're not even the same exact type of striker. But I must admit. I'd have rather Joseph came on than Somerville in that situation. Hmm. And same goes for Perkins. Even though Perkins hasn't been playing up front, he's been playing off the front. Uh, just in that situation, I think it'd have worked better. I think Somerville still is still fine with him being higher up the pecking order. But but when you look at that front six, is there which, which ones of them do you think should be closer than they are at the minute? Um. Depending on, I suppose it depends on where you want to play him now. I, I was, I've been really impressed with Sam Greenwood whenever I've seen him, yeah. and I'm still not entirely sure how he would best fit into our team. Because, like when we went to watch the Blackpool friendly, he was one of the tens, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and that was when it was Archie Gray and Mark Rocker as as yeah. the two central midfielders. Um, he could like he could probably play behind Bamford. He could probably play in Jack Harrison's position. Yeah, uh, you know, in terms of the ability, I think he's, I think he's probably the most prepared for it. Yeah, obviously he's injured at the minute, and we saw Jerry come onto the bench before Shaw being injured. As much as I like Adam Forshaw, I think it's probably time. So hernia is it? Hernia, he's out. Yeah, I think it's his contract's about end of the season. Like I, I would say to him, look, if you want to find a club in January, you can. Hmm. If not, we're more than happy to have you around and in the first team squad until the end of the season. But I, I look at JB and think there's a player in there, and I think he needs. If, if Forshaw was getting ten minutes at the end of games, I think we should be giving JB those minutes. So, and, and again, I kind of go back to what that first substitution should have been against Palace. And if 
JB was was brought on as another body in central midfield. Yeah, and go and, for and, and go as a four three three and match them up. Yeah, I yeah. totally understood that. Um, you know, and in terms of as well the the, the size he brings to <laughs> would have brought to us in that game as well, mm. which I think a bit of physicality was lacking as well. He turned um, so well under he, he looks he look you have to be a bit Adam hesitant. Adam Farshaw taught him that. Yeah, you have to be a bit hesitant when it's under 21's football because it is such a big step up, but he just, he should not, put his way, if we're not going to play him, he wants to be out on loan January 1st. If Perkins isn't going to be in the get first team minutes soon, he wants to be out on loan on January 1st. I, th- I think that's, that's right. the worry with our under 21's at the moment is that I'd look at that group and you can probably keep Gelhart in there as well and just think they are probably all too good to be here. I think that but entire front six but you can't is... like I don't think you can send them all out on loan because there'd be a big gaping hole in it. Well yeah I know the 21 shouldn't be our focus. I do think there will be someone to try and get them back to the top division. Yeah, I think that that's the reason that we're seeing such strong lineups. Mm. I think if we were still in Division One, we would probably have signed four or five more youngsters, but we'd have sent three or four out. Yeah, because I, th- I think in terms of age, like Mateo Joseph is is fine being, would be fine staying. Um. Greenwood needs to go out on loan if he's not going to get minutes. Perkins probably does as well, given his reasons for wanting to leave West Ham. Yeah. Um, and, and and again, like if we've got Nonto and Gelhart there, like I, I mean, I don't understand the world where I know he's coming off the bench for them, but we have an Italian international striker that's playing for our yeah. reserves. I think I I think that they are just giving Nonto a month to adjust. I do think that he will be not necessarily starting but getting like half an hour in for in games within the next but before the World Cup but hour. I think I I just because one of the things with him is we got him very late notice on deadline day so he couldn't really play the next one. Then we had two cancelled. Hmm so it has been a bit of an awkward start for him, but I think it is just... And that's the one thing I do agree with him on, though, that if they aren't playing until they can go out on loan, you do play them in the 20... Oh, yeah. You need to play them. Do you... Uh, looking at... They're, the most, they're still... They are They are my favourite team to watch <laughs> a Leeds as under-21s. <laughs> Look, looking at our... The four you would consider options to play as... Either striker or in behind with Rodrigo, Bamford, Nonto, and Gelhart. And and I, I, I think it's worth saying that Perkins can play ten. I, I, I'm just looking. I'm looking at those four now for for yeah. the first team. Is there an argument that we still need to sign a, a a more someone more like Patrick Bamford to play yeah. that position? Because as good as Gelhart and Nonto are like we said when Bamford came off. You looked at the bench and went, "There's no one who does close to that." Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I know, we I know both they, said I... it. 
we both said it in the summer, and it wasn't the entire fan base. Sign a striker, sign a left back. We didn't. Yeah. And like you say, I think I think you've said before, you you probably see Gelhart playing as an inside forward. I think that's his long-term best position under Marsh. Mm. If we're playing this sort of football, his strength isn't getting the ball. I mean, he can hold it up and stuff, but his strength is when he's facing goal and going at people. And I yeah. think he'd get more chance to do that playing behind. Like It's a bit weird because Aronson has been playing at 10 a lot and done quite well. But from what I've seen, I think his best position is probably off the right. Gelhart, I think his position, best position is probably playing from the right. Somerville's best position is playing from the right. Sinistera and Harrison's best positions are probably both playing from the left. Yeah, but play different roles. But I would have, I'd still think, I mean, like Harrison left, Sinistera right is probably the best we've got at the minute. But it's just a bit weird in that I don't think, like Rodrigo started the season really well playing up front. And he can play, and he plays well when Leeds are playing quite well in that role. But when, when not... he's getting when he's get getting good service, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, he's not he's not the player to go out and you know and harry a fullback on the you know on the ball and, and sort of win possession high up the pitch. It, it's it's not what he's good for. And that's not and again, that's not a knock at him. That's just not what he does. Yeah. It's a bit that I saw. Um, I can't remember. I saw someone on Twitter, and they just said one thing that I do find weird is I look at nearly everyone we play. He said he he looks at their squads and he'd swap with them, and it's sort of weird because I'm not sure I hundred percent agree, but I know what they mean. Like when you're looking at Palace, for instance, Palace are a mid-table Premier League side, which is what we in theory should be this season. And, like, we've got a better goalkeeper than them. I would say we've got a better right-back. Joe Ward's good, but he's about 35 now. Uh, Left-back, Tyreek Mitchell, played for England. We don't have one, really. Mm. If we had Cock and Strauk versus Gahey and Anderson, it's probably a wash, probably even. I like our midfield too, but... When you look at it's tough like, to look Ch- at Eze and Elise, Ch- especially yeah. those two in, in, in a midfield like that. And yeah, they're not quite the same positions, but like that's some serious quality. Or is it, I would have our wingers over over their wingers that aren't Zaha. But Zaha's really good. And then up front, I would pro I would have Bamford. I'd have a fit Bamford over Edward. But we don't have another Bamford type, and after then they've got Mate- they've got Mateta to like back him up and they can play IU there. Well that's it, like it's more when, rounded as a when, squad. When they brought Mateta on, they the, you know nothing's really gonna change for them in that substitution. Yeah. Like it, it is close enough to like for like that they can keep doing what they're doing. Uh, whereas it just sort of fell apart for us with no Bamford there. The, 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 there was just nothing to to, to aim at, um, I'm trying to think now. Like, without really seeing him, how like tall Nonto is. 
Oh, he's about five foot six. Yeah, it's not ideal. Like, five foot five foot five according to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Gelhart not particularly tall. I know he's I know he's a bit of a you know, I mean, he will put himself into challenges, but you I mean, look at going Joseph up against... is the most Joe in terms of the way in terms of physically and the way he makes runs and stuff, Joseph is probably the most like him. But he's probably the least ready. No, nah, mate, it's Max Dean. <laughs> like it. But again, like I look at Gelhart, and if you, you go lead the line against Gehi and, and Anderson, like I, I think Gehi and Anderson will have a fairly comfortable time. I think they'll, you know. Yeah, especially when we're not getting the ball into feet, we're just kind of getting it forward quickly without yeah. taking any care of it. If you are playing the ball into midfield, knocking it about, and playing it into a striker that's able to get a yard, it can. If he gets the ball into feet, it can beat Gay and Anderson because it mm. can beat anyone with ball into feet if he's on it. But if you're just hitting the ball forward to him, other than that one flick on that led to <laughs> an admittedly amazing moment against Norwich, <laughs> like that wasn't sensible football. It's just Ben Gibson's bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a horrendous defensive decision. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's 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 like you say, it's about having a well-rounded squad. And and right now we have when all is fit, we have I'd say it's three quarters of the way to being there. Yeah, well, it, this summer did help with that, but it's still not there. Like central midfielders, we've got those now. It's nice. We have so many wingers and plans to do more on that front, apparently. Mm. Um, you know, central defenders, we've got the options. We've got one so good he's not even playing central defence. We've got to fit him in at left back. Um, Just if that's how man. I'm branding that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then you look at your strikers and think, no, look, we've, we've got four strikers. Like, yes, but one of them's sort of a striker, if we, depending on how we play. Yeah. You might play out wide. In fact, there's a good chance they're both going to end up playing wide. Yeah. Rodrigo's a 10. And then there's Bamford. Sometimes. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing, but we haven't got strikers. We've got a lot of forwards. Mm. We don't have, we've got one striker in the first team. And a lot of forwards, but we'll see. Uh, you're definitely so, yeah, KZ, it's definitely a we'll have to do another one on Saturday. Yes, I said I thought this had happened. Uh, the last thing because I've put it in the title is it time to worry? Um, yes, I'm, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> sorry, what I should have done is said, yes, I think it is Kent. Um, yeah. Um, But the thing we've also completely forgotten to talk about is that for the second time in our lifetime, there has been a Leeds United on a plane incident. Oh, yeah, because it's gone very underreported. Well, I mean, I'm glad it's gone underreported because it's gone underreported because everything's fine. Which, great. But when I saw that first tweet, I did shit myself. Uh, I'm... We're of the age where we remember it, but not that well, because what we're about eight. Yes, what is it? Ninety. I think it was ninety-eight. It was a trip back from. It was definitely a trip back from London, wasn't it? And George, it was a George trip back Prim... from. It was a trip back from West Ham, and if I remember rightly, we got beat three 0 
to be 97, 98, I believe, if I remember rightly for that season. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was nineteen ninety eight. Definitely, I just checked. George Graham was was not on board. Mm. He, he, I think he was staying in London. Surprisingly, but, but no, what was it that there was a smoke in the cockpit? Yes, um, but it, so, it was like on landing rather than on takeoff, which is a lot. I th- I, yeah, less it was. It was coming in. It was as they were coming into for final approach. Mm. So I think it was a case of. It, the plane landed and just was basically parked on the runway with emergency services around out. it. Yeah. And then, yeah, because they had to, they were having traffic, air traffic circle the airport for, I yeah. think, about half an hour afterwards. So, yeah, yeah good, you know, a dramatic end to uh, a game <laughs> that wasn't particularly dramatic by the end of it. No. But yeah, uh, well, we've ended up nearly an hour without talking about the Arsenal game coming up. So we'll do probably Saturday by the sounds of it with work commitments and things like that. Uh, so we'll probably do a podcast then previewing the Arsenal game. Uh, but I, I've, I am of the cat. I mean, I thought that we had to worry a little bit at the start. I am more worried now than I was at the start of the season. Yeah. I, 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 I think that there's a big. That, the problem is that I thought at the start of the season that. Bournemouth would be like cut adrift at the bottom and awful. And for the first couple of games, it very much seemed that way. But they've been they've done pretty well. Master um, tactician Gary O'Neill. Yeah, like uh, Forest are now playing terribly, but they have signed good players. If they actually manage to get them to click, then they could be a lot better than they are. Also, they've sacked their director of football and chief scout. I think about an hour ago. Okay. Uh, which you know makes sense just after you know to do it now. After so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I was hoping that there'd be a couple of bad teams, so we'd only really be having to avoid 18th. And because everything's yeah. a lot closer, it makes it more dangerous. I mean, you've you've got to remember at this point that uh, Liverpool are still you know they're only uh, if everyone below them wins, then they they can go into the relegation zone. So yeah. Well, what is it? Isn't it they beat Bournemouth 9 0 and Bournemouth are above them? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so two points above them. It's that thing at the moment where obviously it's still early days in the table. We also have a game in hand on a on a number of teams as well. Oh, God, um, I wish we could have played that Forest game. They yeah, were in that's... such dire straits at the time. It would have been the perfect time to play them. I mean, you say it, the, <laughs> you say it at the time. Yeah, still are. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know when it's going to be rearranged for yet, but um, it's, you know, Villa are not playing well. Um, Southampton had a couple, got a couple of wins, but they've now lost four straight. Um, Forest have been hammered outside of Leicester beating Forest. They've lost four out of five. Yeah. You You know, it's, there's, there's a lot of teams not playing well. West Ham are still down there, and I think they'll end up being all right. I think it'll, yeah. having watched them at the weekend, I think it'll click for them, yeah. and they'll be. The, the, the table never takes shape properly till like January, no. and it'll be later this year than normal. No, I'd, and ultimately, you know, I, I I can't remember what I said in our official predictions. I, I feel like I said around thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that. Um, um, I can probably. Find out very, very quickly. Leeds finishing position. I was 15th, you were 13th. Okay. 
so uh, you know if you are finishing around there you're going to lose more games than you're going to win and for most of the season if you're not in the relegation you know if you're not in relegation places you're probably going to be three four points above it yeah. you know you, you're always going to be fairly close to it um you know that that's that's the issue if you if you predict even if you predict a safe mid-table finish you look how panicked we were you're still going to be shit for long periods <laughs> yeah look, look how panicked Leeds fans were that first season in the premiership when we were looking fine yeah when we even that but that was more Leeds fans disposition like mm. when we were like 12 we're like look Fulham could still cut <laughs> and, and when you look back at it it was a ridiculous thing to say West but... Brom haven't won for months but god look you know if they win a couple of games oh <laughs> yeah so well uh cool so we've gone an hour so we'll definitely have to come back with a second one but uh yeah I've uh I'm I I feel less annoyed now, at least. I've got it out of my system. The therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>